It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Another big test for the Cincinnati Bengals coming out of the bye week. Can they keep their post-bye magic alive? Let's get into a game preview for Week 8. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked on Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine along with Jake Lisko. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Today's show is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Jake, this, uh, this matchup got a lot more interesting on Wednesday when, to me at least, when Brock Purdy goes in concussion protocol because it throws this weird wrench into what everyone thought was a tough matchup. The FanDuel odds drop it towards the the Bengals, who are still underdogs. It's a three-point line, though, instead of a a five-and-a-half-point line. And I keep defaulting back to that now when I think of this matchup. And before this, I was thinking Joe Burrow, the trenches, protecting Burrow, the offense – now I'm wondering about Sam Darnold and the 49ers a bit more than I, I expected uh, to do going into this game. Yeah, I think that Sam Darnold is a huge question mark. And before we started recording, I was like, man, I was ready to talk about Brock Purdy. I, I don't know what Sam Darnold's been doing lately. I don't know how Sam Darnold's going to fit in, in the Shanahan system. But then I also concluded that thought before we started recording, and I might as well share it with everyone, that I'm more interested in Trent Williams' status this week than I am the quarterback playing in a Shanahan offense because Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan offenses have been dealing with mid-level quarterbacks, quote-unquote system quarterbacks, for as long as Kyle Shanahan's been coaching. Mostly. There's probably a couple of exceptions out there, right? But pretty QB agnostic offense. The the offense is going to dictate where the ball should go. 
based on design, based on making sure they're in the right call against the right defense. So it, it simplifies things for the quarterback as much as possible. We know that Darnold has the physical tools. So it's a question of reps, short week. Does he have enough experience in the system to execute it at a high level? And then on the other side, when the news broke, it was after the Bengals practiced on Wednesday. I wonder how it does change the Bengals preparation for, for quarterbacks. Probably not much, right? You're preparing for the system, like I said, but it's certainly a factor now that it's up there with the intriguing points of this, of this matchup. Yeah. My, my first thought was that was reacting. And now that I've had some time to reflect on it, what an opportunity for this team, this Bengals team that has been dealt. I don't want to even say a bad hand, but it's just been a lot. They faced a lot. And so now you get a team in the 49ers who they're clearly human We've seen that over the past couple of weeks. And now they're, they're I don't want to say star quarterback, but their high-end young quarterback that was 10-0 and at one point as a, a regular season starter is, uh, is now potentially out um, and could be out by the time you hear this. So I, I think that that's all in all you look at this and you're like, man, this could be what you use to propel yourself forward. But a lot of things – have to go right and i think joe on wednesday joe burrow when he was like we'll see what we're made of i still feel that way like all of the messaging that the bengals have had this week it's the same regardless of who lines up under center for the 49ers and this is just as big of a game i think it's just as big of a measuring stick to see where you're at on the road it might lose it a little bit if donald goes out there and throws four picks but he could also go go out there and throw four touchdowns and no picks so I, I think that this is uh, still a very, very big test. Trent Williams' status is still more interesting to me than, than Sam Darnold's status. Because Sam Darnold's probably playing, right? We don't know yet, but it's very hard in a short week to get through all the steps of concussion protocol to get to a place where you're feeling well enough. And it was late Monday night, flight home from Minnesota, when Darnold started to – or not Darnold, uh, right. uh, Purdy started to notice this, the symptoms – I mean, that, that's a hard ask With, without practicing Wednesday to get through all of the steps of the concussion protocol. I don't even know if there are enough days in the week for that to be possible from a Monday night game where you notice the symptoms after the game to, to a Sunday game. It's possible. But Trent Williams, I think, for, from a matchup perspective, the, the 49ers have not been good in pass protection this year. Sam Darnold has never been a quarterback that can overcome pressure at a high level. And maybe this comes back to bite me. We'll see. We'll talk about it on Sunday after the game. But if you don't have Trent Williams, the entire level of the San Francisco offensive line drops. And it's not like it's very high to begin with. You look at PFF grades, for example, we talked about the ESPN pass blocking win rates uh, on the crossover yesterday with Brian Peacock and, and, and Crocky. But you look at the PFF grades, San Francisco is one of the few teams in the NFL with a pass blocking grade as a team that's lower than the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals aren't like bottom of the rank, but San Francisco is down there with them, below them. So if Trent Williams plays, the entire offensive line not only levels up, but they can run it much better because he's such a destructive player as a run blocker on his own. I know Christian McCaffrey is great and, and all these things. And, and the San Francisco offensive line and run blocking is good regardless. They're better in run blocking than pass blocking by a significant margin, as we talked about in the crossover. But Trent Williams is, is, is such an X factor. So, so his status, I think, is, is going to be key, too, in terms of getting the 49ers offense into a place where the Bengals defense wants them to be. 
make them drop back pass, make them one dimensional, let this defensive line get after the the likely Sam. Dar- we'll see the, the whoever's playing quarterback for the 49ers, right? Because if they can, yeah, Brandon Allen revenge game coming. Because if they can be like running the ball with Christian McCaffrey, running their play action stuff, doing the the things that they want to do on offense, that that makes your life much harder. We talk about game script a lot. Look at Seattle last week when Geno Smith had to be or in week six when Geno Smith had to be a drop back passer. The Bengals got to him. He started making mistakes, and that's where they were able to capitalize, and the defense was able to win the game. Yes, I I think that. Trent Williams certainly would turn the tide one way or the other, and that probably wouldn't impact. I, I referred to the, the Fanduel odds, but that it probably wouldn't impact those much. Should. But I think, but I think overall game, yes, absolutely does. And I'll just tell you, on Monday, Orlando Brown Jr. talked, and he was asked about Trent Williams, and his face lit up. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, he's the best in the game," and just how how he moves as an athlete, at his size, to the power, all of those things. It's just. It's so freakish. And so, yes, I I think that that's a huge key. Will they have him? Will they not? If they do, he's better than even at 60% than what they have behind him. And and that's a testament to him, not who's behind him. So I think that um, offensively, we know what the 49ers are going to want to do regardless. They're without Debo Samuel. They're going to be shorthanded. Even without Purdy, it's going to be the the same Shanahan style offense. I'm sure he's rubbing his hands together, laughing the evil villain laugh, like, "Oh, you don't think I can get the most out of Sam Darnold? I was built for this." And so, yeah. I think the chess match between Kyle Shanahan and Luana Rumo, who our listeners and Bengals fans everywhere call the mad scientist, I think that is going to be such a fun watch, and I'm so interested in seeing it, especially now that. Kyle could have his backup quarterback, a quarterback that in some ways has more physical talent than Brock Purdy. Like that's not crazy to say, but uh, like arm wise. Yeah. Arm arm is there now. I don't think he has the feel um, that, that Purdy has the instincts and those things go a long way in, in Kyle's offense. So that part, when we think of like matchups or keys to victory, Lou Anarumo outdueling, Kyle Shanahan in us talking about Lou just finding the right buttons. I think that's such a huge part this week because we know the 49ers have the same talent or better talent in some areas, like no doubt about it. They're as deep and as talented as any team in the league. So finding a way to to slow that offense down, and we've seen it the past couple of weeks. Defenses have done it. It's up to Lou and this defense to do it. Yeah, and and not having Debo is obviously significant as as Mm -hmm. he's not going to play this week unless something miraculous happens, he's expected to miss this week. But Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey is still yeah. some dudes that can hurt you. And Juwan Jennings is is no slouch either for the 49ers. So still some very big challenges on that offense, which is why I'm going to come back to game script a couple of times in this episode. But then on the other side of the ball for the Bengals offense, it's a big week to see if they can get it going and, and build on kind of what the Vikings did. And there's some differences there, too, that we can get into when we talk about the Bengals' offense coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And if you want to maybe wager on the Bengals, whether it's props, odds, spreads, lines, they have you covered. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed 
when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Hopefully you listened to us and joined FanDuel last week because you could have got the Bengals at plus five and a half. That line has moved down. And so maybe you like the Bengals in this straight up. I think that makes sense. If you like the Bengals to to um, to take the points, or you'd want to give the points rather, then yes, I would go with the Bengals straight up if that's how you feel, because you're going to get better odds that way. But it's not just spreads, player props, over-unders, so much more. All you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and get started today the nfl season believe it or not is almost halfway over the regular season so go there now fandle.com slash locked on fandle official partner of the nfl if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast join the draft dudes kyle krabs and joe marino as they go position by position through the nfl free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 nfl draft if you want to know who your favorite nfl team should be adding to its roster you need to check out locked on nfl scouting available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Let's talk a little bit about the Bengals offense in this game because I do think that that is going to be an important factor, obviously, yeah. as it is. This yeah. is a team that we expected to be driven by the offense, but not only an important factor, but we talked about Seattle as a litmus test for this team in a couple of ways, right? And the way the game started, we were ready to feel really good about the offense. They flashed this ability to sustain drives, to, to execute in the red zone, and looked like they were going to be able to stay ahead of the chains for the whole game. Then things fell apart. So litmus test, not passed. And and the defense steps up in, in the red zone. But, you know, you talked about that chess match. Can they be a little bit better between the 20s? Can, can they make some of these plays before it's crunch time and they're using the back of the end zone as that extra defender, right? But I, I think that certainly under more scrutiny right now is the offense. And against a challenge that... I wasn't ready to give them much of a chance against before week seven. This is going to be a tough defensive line test, right? They faced mm-hmm. some really good rushers this year, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett. But now you get kind of the, the combination with two elite interior players in Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead and then both on the outside. They're going to be one-on-ones there. And I talked about this in the crossover with the 49ers guys. Who wins those one-on-ones? And whether Burrow's able to make plays and, and, and evade pressure when it comes or whether he's forced into a fumble or an interception, like these are the margins in this game it is where those one-on-ones are. If it's Hargrave against Volson, if it's Armstead against Volson, if it's Bosa against Williams or Brown, assuming Brown's good to go with that groin, which seems like that's going that way. Those individual matchups are going to be critical without even talking about the skill guys that are also a big point of discussion this week. No doubt. I talked to Ted Karras on Wednesday and he was asked about Joe Burrow and then he was asked about Nick Bosa. And, you know, those guys get the, the headlines for obvious reasons, 200 plus million reasons why on both sides uh, or whatever it was, 100 plus for Nick. Um, was it 200? It might have been 200. I would have to look. It, it, it was a crazy amount of money. Point is, he's really, really rich in a star. And uh, I, I asked about the interior and Ted's face lit up. Obviously, that's what he's going to have to deal with. And it's going to be tough. You know, Armstead is 
a monster and they added Hargrave. He mentioned Ken Law as well. Like a lot of guys on that D-line. And you're right. I, I think that this is a very much a individual matchup week. I wonder how much help they give uh, to whatever tackle has to deal with Bosa. I assume it will be Brown most of the time. Is it going to be Jonah some? Will I think it will be him? a lot of Jonah. Yeah, that's and so that's – I actually – think that's a better matchup for Joe. There's no good matchup. Can, that, that's the challenge. Can power. He, he can move too. Like he's a freak yeah. athlete to get around Brown. So he wouldn't outpower Brown. But that size speed combo, the, the speed uh, might not get Jonah, but the power could. So it's tough. Well, the speed can get Jonah too. Like he, he'll sure. give it up inside. And and just looking at Bosa's splits this year, he's been on the left side about half the uh, – or, or double the amount of the time he's been on the right side, so left side of the defense facing the right tackle. So should see more of Jonah. They'll probably move him around a little bit. They probably need to give help against Bosa. They need to capitalize when Bosa is not on the field. This is certainly a point of, of emphasis, I think. To me, when you look at this game, when you think about how the Bengals' defensive tackles have been gashed when they have backups on the field in the run game or they can't get pressure when they have the backup defensive line on the field, the Bengals on the other side of the coin, when you get the stars off the field on offense, take advantage of those opportunities, hit the plays on those opportunities. But picking where to help, picking your poison, is is really the nature of the San Francisco defensive line. Because if you're if you're helping on Bosa, you're sliding to Bosa, whatever it is, making sure that there's a couple guys who account for Nick Bosa wherever he lines up, that means that Armstead and Hargrave are likely going to have one-on-ones. And Bolson had a bounce-back week. He was much better against Seattle. Not nearly as tested. Jaron Reed's having a good season, but is not Hargrave or Armstead or whoever, you know, go down the list in San Francisco. That one-on-one is certainly going to be important this week. And, and it's yeah. another test for Bolson where if he answers the call again this week, certainly feel a lot better about him going forward. But also that goes a long way in helping this passing offense stay operational if they have to give extra attention to Bosa and Bolson holds up on the inside because Kappa is certainly trending in the right direction. I don't mean to not mention him at all. Kappa Karras also need to hold up. Bolson's just been the obvious weak link there or weak link there for, for most of the season. So that, that's why that's a point of emphasis. And Volson, I know his teammates believe in him a ton. Even right now, they see the criticism. There's no doubt about it. I, I will say something I like about Cordell, and it's the intangibles. It's stuff that you've already heard. But the dude's a grinder, like a film grinder, and and is really prepared. And it hasn't always translated. And and I think he definitely wants to play better. I think everybody um, in that line room, even Kappa, wants to play better. He's certainly been better the past couple of weeks. I mean, he. He's morphed into form and been their best lineman. So it's a it's a tough test. And and that's that's the part of it. That's why we talked about Trent Williams being such a a big factor for for this 49ers offensive line. Like this this Bengals offensive line, I think they've been okay overall, but they're really going to get tested individually this week, like you mentioned. And you hope they can hold up. Because if if they come together and go on the road and hold up and keep Burrow upright and open up enough running lanes. Do you know what that's going to do for Cordell's confidence? And I'm not saying he's not confident, but Burrow talked about this on Wednesday, about his confidence after the the game in 2021 where he was just really good against the 49ers. This offensive line, their confidence would, would skyrocket, I think, and, and because of how good the, the 49ers are. So this is a big test. It's a big game. 
hopefully they can go to Santa Clara and uh, and block and open up some running lanes and and play at a high level. Well, and and, and talk about Burrow's confidence, confidence in the offensive line. He can say it all he wants on Wednesday, but you turn on the tape and you see him turtling with Cordell Volson in a defensive tackle, barreling oh. toward his knee. It's also it's also how's he going to play? Because if he if he is more confident. And that translates to the way he's playing with this offensive line. And this was when Cody Ford was in the game, to be fair. That is another level up for this passing offense. It needs a level up. No doubt. And I was referring, just to be clear, and I know you know this, but I was referring to the the game against the 49ers when he was 28 of 35 in 2021. Oh, God. And he said his confidence was just super high after that. Not confidence in the O-line, but to your point, he would definitely say he's confident in the O-line. And we've seen mixed messages there. And so it would be nice uh, for them to go out and have a day. And I, it would be nice for this offense to to put it together some. Obviously, T, uh, another week and a half removed from that rib injury. You hope that, that he can give you more. And I, I think that's where we should go next because clearly I put together this rundown. And, and we, we're going to end with the skill players, not lead with the skill players. But, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about that man named Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and the rest of the Bengals skill players. And maybe I'll offer up a prediction as well coming up next. Today's episode of Locked on Bengals is sponsored by Prize Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers. Everything is quick and easy. And instead of battling against thousands of players, you just need to pick more or less and on two to six player stat projections. And then you watch the winnings roll in. You can get those entries in in 60 seconds or less. You get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's why it's the number one daily sports daily fantasy sports app this week if you're looking at joe burrow you pick if he's going to go for more or less than 255.5 passing yards against a tough san francisco defense so based on your belief in this cincinnati bengals passing offense you can key up two to six players more or less around that 255 yard mark for joe burrow in the passing game right now you can get a 100 100 dollar First deposit match at prizepicks.com using promo code locked on NFL. So just go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL. You'll get a first deposit match up to $100 with prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's show is also brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is going to make your life easier. And here's why I love DoorDash because I'm busy. There's no doubt about it. Really busy juggling a bunch of stuff, especially during football season. And you can have awesome food delivered right to your door, whether the game's on or if you're just hanging out at home or if you're busy, busy working all the time. And guess what? They deliver local. City Bird is my go-to. I have City Bird at least once a week. And if you're in the Cincinnati area, City Bird, DoorDash it right now. Thank me later. Get the hot chicken sandwich, maybe some tenders on the side. Yeah, I like to eat a lot, and that chicken, well, it's good for you. So whether it's City Bird or anything else that you could be craving, get DoorDash today, and you can get 50 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50, 50% off up to a $10 value. So you can get that City Bird right now and use 
code LOCK23. When you spend $15 or more, and you're going to get 50% off up to 10 bucks. All you have to do, again, download the DoorDash app, use code LOCK23 for 50% off up to $10 on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more, subject to change, terms apply. Talk about the Cincinnati Bengals offense. You can talk a lot about the trench matchups this week. We haven't mentioned Fred Warner's name once, which I don't know how much there is to really say about him other than he's one of the most impactful inside linebackers in the game in every aspect of the game and, and is certainly something to think about uh, when you're game planning in this game. But the, the skill players for the Bengals, and this is a point that, that also came up in the crossover, James, this would be a great week for, for that to all come back together, for Irv Smith to have his first nice game where he's making multiple plays for the Cincinnati Bengals for T Higgins with that rib injury, with the extra bit of rest to be able to be T Higgins again. And, and Zach Taylor said that, you know, he, he played injured. It's, it's not really fair to judge his recent performance when he was injured, but they do need that back from T from Irv Smith, from Tyler Boyd and, and Jamar to keep doing Jamar's thing. Cause he's been the entire offense, but getting more out of those other guys would go such a long way this week and helping this offense to get back on track. No doubt. I, Burrow played really well the last time these teams played. Chase obviously had the two touchdowns, but T. Higgins was over 100 yards. They, they had to push the ball downfield and had to lean on some other guys, and I think that that's what you need here. It, it can't just be the Jamar Chase show. Even though I like him against Ward, and I like that that matchup, it, it's, the 49ers are going to say, hey, let's try to take away Jamar Chase and make someone else beat us, wouldn't you? And, and I, I think that that's, this is a good test. We talked about the offensive line being tested. This is a great test for these other skill guys. Who can emerge? How much juice do you have left, TB? You know, just Tyler Boyd, what's he got? Uh, T. Higgins, how, how healthy are you? Are you feeling that much better? Are you confident that you're going to be able to bring down those 50-50, ball, 50-50 balls? We'll see when they're in the air because Joe's going to throw them a couple. It's guaranteed. And Irv Smith Jr., have you earned Burroughs' trust? Because I think that's the question. I really do. In just – Looking at it, I know there haven't been a ton of opportunities. Tanner Hudson had four catches in two games, and, and Irv Smith Jr. doesn't have many more than that. And I do think that there's a trust issue that uh, e- even if even if Joe wouldn't admit it or anyone in the building wouldn't admit it. So hopefully those things are ironed out. And then the other part of this offense, and I, I've talked a lot about the run game. I think we have. How about Joe Mixon get involved in the passing game like he was last year? Are they able to to not find ways to do that, but can that be a a last resort thing like it was last year where the checkdowns worked? It, it would be nice part, if they worked. Is is the working part. They need to be better when they get the ball to Joe Mixon as checkdowns. Part of that's on Joe Bur- Burrow and, and ball placement in some of those opportunities. Some of that's on Mixon being able to bring in some of the passes. He he had a uh, drop. It wasn't a perfect pass, but dropped a first down opportunity. Being able to make a guy miss. His his average per catch is down a little bit this year. They're not getting as much out of the running backs in general, including Mixon, who was really good in the receiving game last year. Mm-hmm. And that little bit of difference, when you talk about margins, which is what we're talking about in the entire NFL, especially this week, you, you need to get a little bit more out of all of these spots to see the offense level up, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. And especially when your margin for error with a limited burrow was was thin yeah we felt it even more 
So going back to to that, let's see how Burrow looks mm-hmm. because it did not look good the last time we saw him in that second half against Seattle. It did not. He admitted on Wednesday, it's like, I, I want to play better in every area. <laughs> Asked where, where can he improve? He said everywhere, essentially. And he didn't say many words after that because I, I think he knows he hasn't played up to his standard through the first six weeks. And this is the time to do it because they're going to be tested regardless of who the quarterback is on the other side, regardless of no Debo, even with no – if Trent Williams can't play. This is still a tough game. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be easy. It's going to be a, a wild environment in San Francisco or in Santa Clara, rather, for the 49ers. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I think the Bengals can win, no doubt about it. But they, they're going to have to bring a quality of football that I'm not sure we've seen them play as a team this year. In fact, I'm confident in saying that we have not seen them play uh, team, offense, defense, special teams the way they need to on Sunday for them to win. Yeah, not for an entire year, especially. Or for an entire game, entire game. not 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 entire year. For an, I'm looking at previous years after the bye right now because they they've gotten pretty hot after the bye the last couple of years. Last year, of course, they went on a winning streak until the AFC Championship game in 2021 when they were trying to figure things out on their way to a Super Bowl. Um, after the bye, they they win two, they get thumped by the Chargers in a game that the score betrays how close the game was kind of going into the fourth quarter. Then there's an overtime loss in San Francisco before winning three and then resting in week 18 going into the playoffs. So they've been a pretty good team after the bye week. They've had hard schedules after the bye week in the past. They came out and scored 37 against Pittsburgh after the bye last year. And that's two weeks removed, two games removed from, from that stinker on Halloween against Cleveland last year. But it is tough for the Bengals going west, a really good defense at home where you don't get the the home field advantage. It really shows up, I think, with using the hard snap count that Joe Burrow can do mm-hmm. at home and, and getting this defensive line teeing off on the snap count, being able to time up the silent count. Something, again, talk about small things, silent count and, and using that to, to change it up a little bit more is probably something that they could or, or would admit could have been a little bit better at times this year on the road as well. It's another thing they're going to have to execute well. And, and the entire team's going to have to execute well. I said I was going to come back to game script. I still think that's monumentally important this week. The Bengals have seen this kind of offense that wants to go play action, that wants to run the ball all year. They've seen this kind of defensive coverage uh, family, as Zach Taylor described it, multiple times this year. They're finishing up their tour of the NFC West. They're finishing up with the hardest game in that part of their schedule. But if they can get out to, to a, a, a good start again, if they can get out to a lead in this game, if they're not trying to catch up, they're not trying to put everything on Joe Burrow's shoulders in a drop-back offense, they can stay a little bit buried, they can use the running game, they can use play action, and then they can get after Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. That's so much better for this team than having to play from behind. Getting out to a lead in this game, and I think this has been a trend in the NFL this year. I'd be very curious to look at the data about it. But getting out to like a 10-point lead in the second half, early second half, just puts you at such an advantage for whatever team gets there in this game. Being able to stay balanced and then being able to attack and dictate more on defense and forcing San Francisco into more drop-back stuff, it, it just will make the game way easier. Not that it's easy to get to that point, but however that plays out, I think is going to be critically important. Well, they they need this offense to just to... – Start fast, just like Seattle. 
Like that's that's where you you need it. I think the 49ers will probably score on one of their first two possessions. Just feels like it. Maybe not. But this offense, I think, would have to answer the bell early. And then the defense can adjust and, and figure it out. And I, I think that would be the ideal way. Get out to a lead and, and go from there. We'll see. I'll tell you this. Before the Sam Darnold news, or Brock Purdy news, I guess I should say, I was taking the 49ers. And I was going to pick them, close game, told someone today, uh, or, or yesterday rather, when the, before the news came out, I was like, ah, 27-24, 24-21, like something like that. So I, I don't really know prediction-wise what I'm going to do yet because now I'm, I'm kind of thrown for a loop and I'm like, man, this is such a golden opportunity. You should win this game now, Bengals. And I know it shouldn't matter that much and it's still going to be really challenging. You mentioned Trent Williams being a bigger factor to you, and I, I get it. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of up in the air with this one, but I, I, I at least wanted to give our listeners an idea. I, I was definitely taking the 49ers and now I'm, I'm kind of torn and maybe even leaning Bengals a bit. Got two straight weeks of teams making this 49ers defense, which was the scary part about this game to me. I know their offense is great, but like their defensive line, just blowing things up and and making it non-competitive was a fear of mine. Their pass rush has not gotten home against two pretty good offensive lines in Cleveland and Minnesota, but they've had they had a great game in pass pro against the 49ers in week seven but the Bengals can recreate some of that take the teeth out of it a little bit let the offense get operational it's a critical game for them you win this game you get going into the out of the bye week with with the right momentum and and you start to build on things you start to build that confidence you start to see them playing better when they get into the hard part of the schedule we're going to feel way better about this team down the stretch where right now it's still an uphill battle. They're three and three. They got to where they needed to get for the bye, given their start, but it's still uphill and and getting this win, which I don't think current playoff models are accounting for them winning would go a long way in helping them achieve their goals this year. They'd get a, I'd have a winning record for the first time this season, Jake. Yeah. You know, I mean, that would, that would certainly be nice. And it would make that long bleeping flight home a little easier. Can't believe we're talking about first time winning record this season in week eight. It's not the way this season was going in my head. Anyway, we'll be back with you after the game with our instant reactions to the Bengals' Week 8 trip to Santa Clara, where they're not called the Santa Clara 49ers for some reason. It's very confusing. San Francisco 49ers Mm -hmm. this week. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day? Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.